Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the most popular and least listened to podcast in the world, the Sixth Sense Media Podcast, with your host, Mike Phelan. Thank <laughs> I watched it this morning. And oh, wow, okay. So this I was, yeah, I, I was not expecting it to go the route it did. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't expecting a really clear cut, like, uh, there wasn't much moral, it wasn't morally gray, which was nice because we've seen a lot in sci-fi. There's that big moral gray area, but here I was like, I'm really rooting for, uh, James Darcy's character. And I felt really, really bad for him. <laughs> That's really fantastic, did. man. You, 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 you can't see me, but you're giving me goosebumps. That's exactly what I was hoping to achieve. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it was a semi-enjoyable experience too, but like at least I achieved the goal of <laughs> the, yes, the emotional thread, you know. The film is beautiful. It's, it's beautifully shot. I love your use of color. Uh, the, the, the limited visual effects that we do get... Uh, spread out or really well done, which I figured you Thank had you your so limitations much. since since it's an indie film. I'm sure that's one of those hurdles when you're creating sci-fi is you want to get those sci-fi elements, but then you've only got so so many resources to go with. Uh, so did you did you have any other big uh, visual effects that you wanted to get in there? But just I mean, to be honest with you, the, the only the only thing I couldn't. The only thing I really couldn't afford to do that maybe I would have done more of, but I, I was at peace with that as well. I mean, for starters, I, I knew going in that I, I, I had a very clear idea about not wanting to go the route of, because um, I'm not anti-technology by nature necessarily. And even it's funny to talk about it with respect to VFX, but like, I think VFX is such a, a wonderful tool, but it's also kind of a tempting tool. And too often, I think people just get, you know, just drawn into it without thinking about the, the, the measure that you really need it for, right? So one of the things that was important to me in, in kind of creating this semi-satirical kind of version of the near future was to not go too far from where we are today, because I feel like that's just untrue. You know, when you look back 25 years, the world wasn't that different in 1995 than it is now. And therefore, I didn't think that, you know, 25, 30 years from now is going to be necessarily that different as well. It's, it's going to have certain things for sure. Uh, and I felt more on the micro side than on the macro side, if that makes sense. And that's why I felt virtual reality for sure is going to be the next thing. And it's going to be more wireless and it's going to be more efficiently kind of put together or whatever. But I didn't think that, you know, we're going to have this type of sky where like flying cars and stuff like that. I didn't think that's going to be in 25 years. You know what I'm saying? So, so certainly that wasn't the, the, the issue. I think like on a, on, a, on a smaller level, you know, if I had like an unlimited kind of amount uh, of money, whatever, maybe I would have taken a more lively approach to some of the stuff that we see out the window, you know? Um, but as it stands, I was comfortable enough with also playing it on the cusp of almost theatricality on purpose, if that makes any sense to you. Yeah, and if uh, if everyone's staying on in the inside anyway, I mean, you're not going to see huge advancements in the exteriors of buildings. You would exactly. certainly see 
everything on the interior would be grand, but the outside would just decay because no one's able to go. So exactly, and that was the the kind of the main thing that I was I was going for because, you know, to to do a film like this where you spend so much time in a central location with such a gigantic kind of glass wall, if you went the 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 green screen route on the entire thing, it would would become obscenely expensive for no good reason that I could think of, you know? So that was the one thing that I that probably we went, and I, and I enjoyed mixing a little bit some of the old school techniques as well as part of what the film is about. I thought that was kind of a, an interesting wink, you know, uh, on the entire thing. Um, so yeah, hope, hopefully that answers the question. Yes, it does. But there were Thank a lot you. of deli de deliberate kind of old school. I mean, certainly the way the doll is designed was very deliberate. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't because we couldn't make it look more, technologically advanced or something, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I like that, uh, that James Darcy's, the apartment that his character lives, not the apartment, his second home, that he lives yeah. in is very, it's, it's, it's like he is, it's a square. Everything that you surround him with was very just asymmetrical and safe and <laughs> boxed in. And I don't know if that was deliberate or not, but I, I started to catch on that, that almost every- No, no, absolutely. I mean, this, was, this, this was a set that we've built. That was certainly kind of designed in that way. Um, it's interesting that, 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 that you noticed it too, because you know, sometimes when you're a writer director, sometimes when I write these things, I just have a clear vision of what they need to look like. And when I feel this way in my gut, I don't always necessarily uh, question my instinct, if you know what I mean. Even though I don't always understand the instinct until somebody points it out to me, you know what I mean. But I just knew that this is that he would be living in a box. You know that that was the feeling that I that I had. Like that it has to feel like something that is, um, you know, like one of those 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 houses that that was you know those houses that they bring already kind of ready to be put together and they just kind of put them down. Like another thing that was maybe cloned, you know. You could imagine there's a lot of houses that look exactly like that in that version of the future. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's like going back to the way the suburbs started to look in uh, in America in the, in the middle of the uh, the 20th century. Everything was just very exactly just mass produced and square. So yeah, it was, exactly. It, it's exactly. A great and, and, and in contrast, in contrast, the the house that he left for Rina that was at least an attempt to do something more interesting. <laughs> I, I like that they all have padded. I love the padded rooms for everyone. That basically, that's where they live is just inside a padded cell. It's, Man, I love that you notice all that. This, this is there's nothing more fun than you know because you do these things and you put all these details that are really you know nuanced. And I, I think as a filmmaker, I'm the kind of filmmaker that doesn't. I don't like to put a magnifying glass on like on like a. Uh, production design elements or things like that. I just want them to be there so mm -hmm. that you take them in. But it's wonderful that you notice this. Yeah, I just <laughs> kept thinking like the kids until they learn how to use it well, they keep banging into the walls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that there was there was that uh, that child safety barrier up for it. <laughs> exactly. one child. That was, that was a nice touch. Uh, I know I'm limited on time. So I have uh, one other question is um, when it came to uh, James Darcy's character, did you did you actively know that you wanted 
him for this or was he just part of a, a casting call and he just happened to fit the no so this is a really interesting question so what happened was i was actually putting together a bigger film than this uh where james is going to play a very big supporting role um and we only got to know each other through that so so for that other film um i did kind of cast him in a more sort of like you know uh, way that you know you were looking at different actors and all that stuff and 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 it was you know and James won the role but in winning that role we got to know each other and then that other film got delayed for for a variety of of uh, unrelated reasons and I had this film that I was working on and I, and I just couldn't escape the notion that James would be so great in this role and by then I got to know him both as a person and obviously I knew his work and there's a very interesting thing that happens, I think, as a director, when you see, when you get to know a person in real life um, and you see some of the work and sometimes you are able to see the distance that that actor can go from who he is to the characters that he portrayed. It, it just, I saw the limitless opportunities here with, with working with this uh, piece of material with him. And he was the just the perfect collaborator. I couldn't ask for a better collaborator on this. So, so very much... Um, had a chance. I knew I was going to cast him in this role. I had a chance to go to his apartment in in London and sit down with him for a week and kind of read every scene together and discuss the nuances and kind of shape it a little bit to his to his own size, you know, and to his own kind of feel for the character. Um, it's a very much a collaborative effort and something I I hope for myself to be able to do in the future, uh, both with him and with any other film that I'm going to attempt with the lead actor no you've been listening to the six sense media podcast you can find more of our celebrity interviews and roundtable discussions on itunes podbean and soundcloud be sure to check out our movie tv and video game coverage at sixcents.com and fanbolt.com